How y'all doing today? I, 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 I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my God. I got it. I got it. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Yeah? Hey, want to say thank you guys for just past Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve weekend, however you want to say it. Just to let you guys know, we had a record attendance of over 300 people that we reached, both in person and online. 300 people, both in person and online. Man, the Spirit of the Lord is here. God is doing some amazing things. And we don't tell you that just to, to be excited just for what Christ Church can do and what a few people can do, but, but what God is doing, right? For what God is doing and this greatness and his faithfulness. So we just want to say thank you to everyone who served. Thank you to everyone who prayed, who invited friends and the family members to either be here or to watch online. Uh, our, our orphanage that we have been participating and serving over there in Uganda, uh, they sent us a picture of all the kids in the orphanage and the directors and volunteers watching our services together. So that, that was super cool. So not, as, not only is God doing something in our community, but he's doing something internationally as well too. Right? God, is, God is definitely uh, making sure that his word is spread and that his people know that the love of Christ is for all people. So uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be a part of this church. Man, continue to pray, guys. We're entering into 2024. It's going to be a long year, right? And if you know anything about me, I'm a guy who likes to, to drive the bus forward, and this bus is going 90 miles per hour, okay? So pray for, for my patience. <laughs> pray that I would wait, but also pray that, that God would continuously drive us towards the destinations that he's already uh, ordained for us. You know, God's already made out our future already. You guys know that, right? Right, he's the God of yesterday, he's the God of today, but he's also the God, the God of tomorrow. Right, he, he knows our future. He knows where we're going. So, so pray that we can continuously go down the path where God has taken us. Right, we'll go down the path where God is leading us as well. Just got a couple things before we jump into the message today. I'm excited to preach this New Year's message for each and every one of us. But the first thing I want to say is, uh, starting next week, during the 930 service, only next week on that Sunday, uh, on the 7th, we're going to be having a spiritual gifts class. So the spiritual gifts class, that's just a way of how you can know just how God has gifted you. We believe here at Christ Church that when you are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, that when you come to faith, not only does God give you the gift of salvation, but he also gives you the gift to help people to see salvation in and through your life. So those are things we call gifts, right? The gift of preaching, the gift of generosity, uh, the gift of whatever it may be. If you want to know what your gift is and you feel like God is prompting you towards this, join our class next week. One of our pastors will be uh, leading that class. It's going to be during the 930 service next week. But then also, uh, we've been talking about, just as a pastoral staff, what, what is one thing we want most for each and every one of you guys? And we felt like, you know, we felt like God is itching us towards having us to have a healthier 2024. Can you just nod your head and say you want a healthier 2024? Right, you can raise your hand. You can do whatever. You can raise both hands. You can shout hallelujah, speak in tongues. Doesn't matter. We don't have an interpreter, but but you can do whatever. You know, we, 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 we all want a year. It can just be a little bit healthy. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. So for the month of January, uh, we're going to be rolling out our healthier series. And every single week, uh, during the week, uh, one of our pastors will be sending you guys 
uh, uh, different ways of how you can grow and becoming more and more healthy, right? Uh, and, and, and if you want to be a part of that, if you want to get those emails, this is the best way to do it. Go ahead and pull out your phone, scan that QR code, and sign up, right? The only way you get those emails is if you sign up. It doesn't get sent to everybody. It only gets sent to those who actually sign up. So if you want to be a part of that, that would be amazing. Let me say a quick prayer, then we'll jump right into the message. Dear Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we pray, Lord, that, that you would give us fresh vision for 2024, that 2024 would be a year of strategy. It would be a year of accuracy. It would be a year where we are living uh, with a, a sense of purpose and a sense of aim towards what you want to do in us, but also what you want to do around us. Lord, I pray that you bless your people today. I pray they feel the sense of your spirit calling them and moving them forward towards what you are calling them to do. Lord, I pray that every one of us would have a great start to our year, uh, but also have the endurance through our year to finish what they started. Uh, Lord, I pray that we can be people of diligence. I pray that we can be people of discipline. It's only by your spirit and by your might we are able to do this. Lord, I pray not just that you would grow the church and, and body, but you would grow us in spirit. That you would grow us in faith. That you would grow us in trust in you. That this would be a year where we don't look just to have a big church, but we look to have people that have big faith. That people that just don't look to just have a church that is overflowing with people, but a people who are overflowing for love for Jesus Christ. We love you, and we thank you, and we need you. So your son's perfect and wonderful name is who we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, do me a favor. Stand up and say hi to five people. Say hi to five people right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Right now. Tell them your name. Tell them your favorite gift. Thank you, Noah. Tell them your favorite gift. Tell them what you love. Say hi to your uncle. Say hi to your aunt. Say hi to your niece. I don't care who it is. Say hi to two more people, two more people. What's up, Adrian? I see you back there playing. What's up? What's up, baby? Hey, mama, yes. You can even get, yes, I love you, I love you, I love you. Woo, all right, go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Go ahead and be seated. Amen, amen. I love the, the time where we get to say hello to one another. Uh, hey, guys, it, tomorrow is 2024. It's crazy just to think about it. Uh, it's been a long year for some of us. It's been a year where we've had to endure some things and, uh, and whatnot. But, man, it's, it's a year that we all want to get started the right way, right? right, right. We all want to get started the right way. And uh, As I think about this idea of getting started the right way, I think about this, this podcast that I watched by this pastor. And he talked about how his 2023 that he described to be the most disappointing year of his life. Which I was taken back when he said it, because this, this is a pretty well-known pastor, right? right? You got little old me here in, in, in Cleveland, Ohio. You got guys like this guy who are reaching people worldwide. And he talked about how this was the most disappointing year of his life. Well, one of the things that he, that he mentioned was that he felt that he wasn't living up to, what, uh, uh, to, to God's best, right? And maybe you can relate to that, friends. Maybe this is year, not, not just because, you know, people were hard and, Things didn't go your way. Maybe this is a year where you said you were going to do something, that you said you weren't going to do something, and you completely did the opposite. Right? Right? We can sympathize with that. It's for, for some of us, maybe you wouldn't call the year disappointing, but you had some disappointment in your, in, in your year because of your response or your action or whatever it may be. 
right? And he, and he talked about that. It's so important to, 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 to make sure you have a good start, but a good start means nothing if you don't have a good finish, right? A good start means nothing but a, uh, unless you have a good finish. And, and he talked about this, and I, and I want to quote what he said. He says, the goal towards growth isn't to gain more skills or establish new habits. Now, there's one thing you and I are going to want to do a little bit more this, this coming year is to, to gain more skill and to have new habits, to, to wake up a little earlier, to, to, to read more books and to all, all those things. And, and all that is fine. And there's a lot of plans that we have that, that, that we want to accomplish in 2024. Heck, there are things that we didn't do in 2023 that we want to make sure that we do in 2024. But he says this. He says the goal of growth isn't just to, to establish more skill and, and more discipline, but to gain more perseverance, right? He, he, says, he says the goal isn't so much where, uh, how much you grow in this area, but how much you grow in the area of persevering to the end. And then he talked about in this podcast with the other guy that was, that was interviewing, interviewing him, he says that, that, that the one thing that's going to help you and I to grow this year. Because here's the thing, friends. We need to grow up. Let me just leave it at that. I can just say that and then walk out and then we'll be okay. Right? We need, we need to grow up this year. There are some things in our lives, some areas in our lives, and every one of us are different when it comes to those areas. There are some areas in our lives where we need to mature. Right? There's, there's some areas in our lives where it, it, it needs a little bit more attention. Right? Maybe this year is a year where you let those areas slip by and uh, let, them, uh, let them just kind of be uh, 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 missed and uh, pushed to the side or whatever it may be. But here's what I want to tell you. That, friends, that change is going to start with establishing a certain mindset. Now, here's the mindset that I want you guys to, to, to cling on to. And I felt like this is going to be something that I'm going to be thinking about more and more in, as I move forward. Don Whitley, the very famous uh, Christian author, says this. He says, the goal isn't to try to just focus on changing. But he says, the mindset you need to have is to focus on being free. That's going to change your life right there. He says, the goal isn't just to say, hey, I need to change in this area. But rather, the goal is to say, hey, there's some areas where I need to be free. Because 2023, maybe... Maybe you're not like me, but this was a year where I was enslaved to the wrong things. I was enslaved to the wrong mindset. I was enslaved to entitlement. I deserve this. I deserve that. They should listen to me. Don't they know how smart I am? Don't they know how strong I am? Right? Right? There, there were some things that, that you and I, that, that, that not, only, not only kept us from changing, but there were some things that were mastery over us, right? There were some things that were mastery over us. So here's what I want you to do. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 2 is going to do for us today. 1 Peter is going to help you and I uh, uh, lean towards having a mindset where we're going to work towards being freer and freer. Because whom the sun sets free is free indeed, Right? The goal of the Christian life isn't just a change, but it's to maintain the freedom that Christ has purchased for you today. Paul says in Galatians 5, it is for freedom Christ has set us free. 
so you can be free from the very things that you and I, that they keep you and I from growing and keep you and I from God as well. So let's go ahead and read 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm just going to read the first six verses. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, I just want you guys to know, this is a golden chapter. There's been many times where I've talked to our pastoral staff and I'm like, we need to do a whole sermon series just on chapter 2. It talks about relationships. It talks about identity. It talks about I mean, just so many things. First Peter in and of itself is one of my favorite books in the New Testament. It's got to be top five. But chapter two, oh, man, chapter two is amazing. So we're not going to be able to go through everything, but I do want to hit the main points of what Peter uh, talks about. Now, if you don't know Peter, this is the same Peter that we find in the Gospels. This is the same Peter that when Jesus, when the disciples were out on the boats and they were by themselves, and next thing you know, they saw Jesus walking on the water, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, uh, uh, call me, right? Tell me to come to you. This is the same Peter that cut off somebody's ear when they were trying to be super aggressive and trying to protect Jesus and all of that. This is the same Peter, friends. How about this? This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. In Jesus' most vulnerable moment, Peter failed him. And don't you love, at this point where Peter is writing this, and he's not writing this to one church, he's probably writing this to a multitude of churches, don't you love, don't you love God as a God of second chances? Well, can, can we be thankful, can we be thankful to God? Because listen, you, you, can you imagine failing Jesus that way? Like, I failed Jesus a lot in my marriage, right? I failed Jesus a lot in my parenting, but can you, can you imagine denying him to his face, right? But here he is. And he's probably the most influential leader besides him. Him and Paul are like up there. We always look at Paul's letter. But Peter was a strong leader. But here he is, and he reminds us. And maybe this is a good thing we need to be reminded of this year. Listen, you and I, we will drop the ball this year. 2024, you're going to drop the ball. Hate to spoil the surprise. Right? You, you will deny Jesus in certain things that you do. But never forget there's grace and mercy. There's this thing called second chance. Now, me, I'm on my 900,027th, 29th chance, right, and counting. <laughs> um, but thank God he's a God of second chance. But let's go ahead and read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. It says this, so put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into your salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. That's Psalm 34. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones. This is, the, this is, this is our topic of today. You yourselves are being built up. You, you are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, behold, I, I'm laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I, what I love about this passage is, 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 is Peter's mindset is to help the people of the church that he's writing to, and he's not writing to one church, many churches, but he wants them to know this is how God wants to work in your life. 
He wants them to know this is God's working. This is how God moves in your life. He said God wants to build you to become a spiritual house. Do you notice what he says? To be built up. As a matter of fact, Peter, who happened to be very close to Jesus for the three years of ministry that he was with him, Peter is probably remembering when Jesus said in Matthew uh, uh, chapter 7, when Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, anyone who hears my words and does them, they will be like a wise man who built their house on a solid rock, right? The same Greek word that's used in, 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 in 1 Peter chapter 2 is the same Greek word Jesus uses as well. It's, the, it's this idea of growing up. <laughs> it's the idea of going upwards. It's the idea of being strong and sturdy. That, that, that's, the, that's the language that he, that, that he uses at this moment. It, it, it's equivalent to a sturdy and strong house that cannot fall. Because remember what Jesus says in Matthew 7. Anyone who hears my words and does what I tell them to do will be a wise man and built their house on a solid rock. The rain came, right? The floods beat the house, but it did not fall. Why? Because it was built on a solid rock. Because every house has to have a solid foundation. Listen, friends, if you and I want to have lasting and sustaining growth in our lives, we have to have a solid foundation. The foundation cannot be what we founded on this past year. The foundation cannot be built on, hey, I just want to have a big church, right? The foundation cannot be, hey, I just want people to like me. The foundation cannot be, hey, hey, I just want to make more money. All that stuff is cool. All that stuff is fine, but it cannot be the centerpiece. Because you and I know, now listen, I'm not a handyman. Logan went on on mission trips with me. Whenever it was time to build the house, I was far from it. Right? They didn't give me the hammer because I'm mistaking the hammer for a screw. Don't, don't, just sorry, whatever, don't, don't make fun of me, all right? Right? But the one thing that I do know and a lot of you can, can back me up in this, that the most important portion of the house when it's being built is the foundation. So here, here's my challenge to you. If you're taking down notes, it won't be on the screen for you because I was thinking about it this morning. Here's my challenge for you. Make sure that you build your life on Jesus this year. Make sure this year Jesus is the foundation, not your job. Make sure, make sure Christ and his great work and his great sacrifice and his great uh, 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 sanctifying work that he wants to do in your life, make sure that's foundation. Because guess what, friends? When you build it on Jesus, the house becomes stronger. You hear that? When, when you build it on Jesus, not on your spouse, right? Right? Not on your children, not on how happy your kids are. For some reason, we like to think we're in control and in charge of our kids' happiness, but that's not true, right? Build it on a solid foundation. Now, I want to teach you something, all right? Let's go ahead and put on our, our hats because I'm about to get a little nerdy right now, okay? Now, this word in the Greek, house, built up to a spiritual house, this word in the Greek could also mean temple. Now, I want you to go here with me. In ancient Israel, there were many temples, there were a lot of temples. There wasn't just one. There wasn't just two. There was a couple temples. Now, here's the thing about the temples. They were known as the, the house of the Lord. Now, there were some temples where everybody can go and pray. Everybody can go and worship. There were other temples, like the tabernacle. You ever heard of the tabernacle in the Old Testament? Like the tabernacle, where only certain people can go, like the priests. 
Here's the one thing you need to know about temples. They were a couple things. They represented the presence of God, right? They represented God meeting with his people. Stay with me here. Don't, lose, don't want you to lose you, right? Number two, there was a place of honor. It was beautiful when you walked in the temple. You didn't walk in the temple like, you, like, like you're walking into my house, right? It was a beautiful place. It was built up, had gold, had all these different things going around it. Not only was it a place of, 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 of God's presence, it was a place of holiness. It was a place of honor. You didn't play when it came to the temple. Remember when Jesus goes into the temple and tells everybody to get out? Right? He cleanses the temple. He throws over the table. He starts whipping them and starts chasing them out. That's the Jesus I know a lot of you like to ignore. But, but that, that, this, this is the reason why Jesus did it, because the temple was meant to be taken serious. Now, here's what I want to go with this. All right? You know what it says? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you yourselves are a temple. You are like a temple. Now, this is hyperbole imagery that he's using, right? He says, you yourselves are a temple where God's spirit dwells. Where am I going with this? What if this year we treated our bodies like the people treated the temple back in the day? Right? What what if we honored our bodies this year? What if we treated it, hey, in here, this this is the place where God reigns. Not insecurity. Not a fear, not anger. This is the place where, where God reigns and God dwells. And I love that imagery in, in, in Mark chapter 11 when Jesus cleanses the temple. Because here's the thing, friends. Jesus wants to cleanse your temple too. He wants to cleanse your temple too. There are some things that shouldn't be in there. And Jesus wants to go ahead and make that whip of cords, flip over the table, and says, get out. Right? Right? What, what, if, what if you and I, just just small thing I want to say, the change we seek to achieve will not be sustained if Jesus isn't whom we build our lives on and we see ourselves as the temple. Seriously, what, what do you think about that? Hey, you know what? This doesn't fit in the temple, whatever this may be for you. Hey, you know what? This, this isn't honoring to God. Hey, you know what? This, this, isn't, this is taking place of God, whatever it may be. For you. What if we treated ourselves like a temple? Right? Right? And every temple, friends, has to have a foundation. Every house has to have a foundation. So that's what, that's the main theme of, of what Peter is trying to do in these six verses. Now, here's the thing, friends. How do we build the temple? Well, God builds the temple, but there's a part, part of it that we play in. Number one, here's how you build the temple. Go back to verse one for them. He says, so put away. Put away, right? This is the same word Paul uses a lot in his writings, right? It Put away means literally like taking off dirty clothes. You ever get home from working out from the gym and you're just drenched and you can't wait to, to take off the, the, the shirt and to take a shower because you want to feel clean? That's the idea Paul's going for. I'm sorry. If I say Paul, I mean Peter. We just preach Paul a lot. Let's let you know. That's the idea Peter's going for. Take off the things that are dirty. Take off the dirty T-shirt. You have a new uniform, and your uniform is, is Christ. You're new in Christ. You're called by Christ. You belong to Christ. Put on Christ. Take off the old uniform because this isn't your life anymore. Hey, what if 2024 we say to ourselves, I'm not what I used to be? 
I'm, I'm not that anymore. I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm a new person. I'm a new man. I, I don't have to identify with the brokenness, but rather we would put it off, right? But, but rather you and I, we, we would take the time and we would put it off. And, and here's the one thing that I, I, I feel like Peter helps us that, that really something we can start practicing moving forward. When Peter says put off, what Peter wants you and I to know, there are some things in your life that keep you from growing and that keep you from God. There are, some, there are two, here, here's the problem with sin. It keeps you from growing and it keeps you from God. There are two things in our lives that we must give great attention to. Not only we must give great attention to, because it's not like you don't know what they are. Right? You and I, we're very familiar with our brokenness. Right? We don't need anybody to tell us, even though sometimes we do. But we're, we're very familiar with what's off about us. So here's what I want to propose. Here's what I want to propose. And I read this in this book. This may or may not work. I don't know. Was it a Christian book? But I just want to tell you. What if, what if you and I didn't just focus on what we need to do, but we focused on what we're prone to do? Does that make sense? What if, our, what if our focus isn't just to, to, to do new things, new things are fine, but what if we looked at it and said, you know what, I'm prone to get a little o- overly sensitive. I'm, I'm a little bit, I can be a little bit emotional. I'm the worst when it comes to somebody giving me feedback. I'm the worst, right? That, that's me being aware of this. Now, I'm aware of it not just for the sake because I identify with it, but I'm aware with it because I know it's something I need to put away. Right? Hey, I, I, can be, I can be a very selfish person. Right? My wife were here, she would say, amen. Okay? I can be a very selfish man. I can make everything about myself. Right? Now, there's one thing to know about it, know something about yourself. It's another thing to do something about it as well, too. What if this was our, uh, our focus this year? Now, here's the one thing I do want to say as we, before we move on, before we close. Here's the one thing I do want to say. You and I have areas that we struggle with. Think about that area. Think about the thing right now. Don't say it out loud because people next to you might judge you. But think about, think about the thing that you struggle with the most. Just think about it. What if, what if that was an area that it wasn't up to our efforts to put them away so much? What if the areas where we struggle with the most were the areas where we needed God's love to invade? Right? What if, what if the places, what, what if that, that thing in you that you are, that makes you very inconsistent, what if that was the place where you were consumed with God's love the most? Because I believe this, friends, in order for you to change, you're not going to do it a, a, apart from God's love for you. What if this was a year where we're consumed by love? What if this is a year where the areas where, where the love of God isn't invading we invite them into that, right? right? What, 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 what if that was a, a big part of our year where we say to ourselves, you know, this is the area where I need God's love the most. This, this, this right here, this why I, I, feel, I feel lonely, I need God's love right there. I feel like I'm not doing enough, I need God's love right there. What if that was our focus? So here's how you build the house. Got to put some things away. You and I know there are some things we got to put away. But he goes on and he says this in verse 2. He says, like newborn infants, 
Long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow into salvation. Here's what Peter's trying to say. When you come to Jesus Christ, you, you, you receive this thing called salvation. When you profess your faith, when you say, Jesus, I believe that you, you lived, you died, you rose, you ascended, you are given salvation. But not only are you given salvation, you're also given the command to work out that salvation as well too. Right? right? The, the, the goal of the Christian is, is to work out the, the very gift that God put in you. Peter says it, I'm sorry, Paul says it in, in, in Philippians 2, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right? That, that's the goal and the role of the Christian life. But notice what he says. He says, like newborn infants, long for pure spiritual milk. Now, here's what I want to say about this. Here's what Peter's trying to say. Peter's not trying to offend them by calling them children. But rather, he's trying to drive their desires in the right ways. Because here's the thing, friends. You and I have desires. And the one thing that needs to change the most is the things we desire. The one thing we need to ask God, God, help change my desires. And here's what he's trying to say, friends. He says, your, your desire needs to be to long for pure spiritual milk, right? Now, in the Greek, what this means is long for God's word. That's what he said. He says long desire God's word. Because here's the thing. If you want to change the outcomes, you got to change your intake. Does that make sense? If you want to change the outcome of your life, because a lot of us are disappointed with some, some of the outcomes. You got to have a different input. You got to have a different intake. You got to bring the right things in, right? And he says, God's word needs to be like that. Some of us, we, we have little children right now. When, I, when my kids were real little, the one thing I do not miss is when they would wake up in the morning screaming for milk. Thank God they don't do that no more. Now, they still love their milk, Right? Milk is still very important for them in their growth and their process. But when you're an infant, notice Paul says infant. But when you're a baby, baby, milk is everything to you. Right, moms? Right? Right, dads? Milk is everything. Milk is what keeps them calm, gets them to shut up. I mean, milk does, it's, it's for everything. It, it, it keeps, it nourishes them. It keeps them warm. Uh, it, it, all of that. It's so important for the baby. I don't, I don't, I don't miss the boys waking up saying, wah, wah, wah. parents, you ever, you ever, you know the most daunting moment is when you're raising your kids? It's when you got to go warm up the milk. You got to wait for the milk to warm up because <laughs> no baby likes cold milk. And they're just sitting there, wah, 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 wah. you're like, I can't help you right now. I'm just waiting on this milk. You don't want it once it warm, you know. <laughs> right? As a baby needs milk, so do we need God's truth and God's word in our lives. As a baby needs milk for nourishment and protection and strength, so do we need the Word of God more and more in our lives. See, here's the thing, friends. You, don't, you, you just don't need more entertainment. You need more eternal truth. You, you, don't, you, you don't need more of things to, to, to happen in your life. What you need more is to open up the Scriptures and say to yourselves, Blessed are those who walk in the law of the Lord, who seek Him with the whole heart. What we need most this year, here's what I want to challenge you before we close. Here is how I want to challenge you. Open God's Word. Read God's Word. 
right? Listen, I don't, I don't beat up my Bible because I'm a preacher and I got to have an hour message for you every Sunday. No, I need it. I need it, right? Because if I don't, listen, I, I, there's just one thing that I struggle with. I struggle with this thing called hangry. You ever heard of hangry before? Anybody get hangry? I see a couple heads shaking. Hangry, for those who are ignorant, hangry is, uh, hangry is when you haven't eaten in a while and you're getting hungry, but at the same time, you're getting angry. So they go together. It's the worst thing ever, right? I'm not the same person when I don't eat food, y'all. Different man, right? Every, <laughs> everybody gets mad. Erwin knows a lot about that. Everybody gets, listen, I'm, I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at everyone. And the one thing you know also I notice, I'm not the same man when I'm not feeding God's word. Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone. Finish it with me. But every word that comes from the mouth of God, right? We need to, we need, we need, we need to do a better job this year drawing real true strength from the scriptures. Now, I know what you're saying to yourself. I've never read the Bible before. I tried to read it. And I started reading it. And it started taking about Jesus. I remember the first time I started reading the Bible, I was like, why does Jesus keep dying? Like, what's going on? Why does Jesus like, Jesus, stop going to Jerusalem. What's going on? But, right, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a first-timer. Maybe you haven't actually studied the Scripture. You're just really good at going to church. Right? Guess what? This is what the church exists for to help you out. Next year, we, we got a lot of life groups. We got a lot of classes that are starting next year. And I want to challenge you, friends, and I want to challenge you from this pulpit, because here's the thing, I'm, I'm accepting that challenge, too. I want to challenge you this year to take the time and join a class which is going to help you to grow in your Bible study skills. Our friend Logan's going to be starting a class. Our friends Paul and Haley, they're going to be starting uh, groups. We're going to be having all different stuff for you guys, because here's this one thing, friend. It, there's one thing to gather of the church, and there's another thing to be fed on God's truth, Right? It was one thing to be fed off God's truth. It's one thing to, 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 to come to God and say, God, I need you, and you read his eternal word in your life. So Peter says, you need to have a different desire. You need to desire the word of God more and more in your life. And then he says this as we close, as you come to him, verse 4, as you come to him, the living stone. That's this idea of drawing near to God, drawing near to God. Right? As you come to him, the living stone. Jesus is the living stone, meaning he's not dead. Because Jesus got out of that grave. The apostles and the women went to check on and see if Jesus was there, but they couldn't find a body. So he is the living stone. He is the living foundation of our lives. We come and we draw near to Jesus more and more in our lives. Jesus says this, and this is the one thing you need to understand. Jesus says, apart from me. You can do nothing. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. This is the words of Jesus. Why do we draw near to Jesus? So we can know him, and he can grow us. To get to know him, right? Man's chief end is to know God and to glorify him forever. So we can know him, but also he can grow us as well. Friends, what, what, if, what if this was a year where our relationship with God went to another level, right? 
Notice all these truly impact your relationship with God in a powerful way. What if this was a year that not just we went deeper, but, but, but rather we just were growing closer to God? What if, what if that was our year this year, that, that, that above all else, our nearness with God matters? And then Paul, Peter says this at the end. He says, if indeed you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You want to know what drives us to grow and drives us to read and drive us to gather? It's not because we want God to, to answer all of our prayers. It's not because we want God just to be nice to us. It's not because we want God to, to, to get rid of the people that annoy us in our lives. The reason for our spiritual hunger, the reason why we draw near to God, the reason why we practice the things that we do is because of the goodness of God. It is the goodness of God. And you and I need to do a lot better job this year reminding ourselves on how good God has been. On how good God has been this year. Because you did a lot of, I did a great job complaining. And I've noticed this, when I complain, I can never see God's blessing. I've noticed when I focus on on what I don't have, I can always look over what God has given me. And if you want evidence of God's goodness, look to the cross of Jesus Christ. The gospel is our goodness, friends. Why, why, why do we do what we do? It's not because so we can be good Christians and the world can call us holy people. It's because a holy, righteous God has been good to us. He has been better than we ever deserved. How do I know God has been good? Do you still have air in your lungs? Do you still have a family? Did you wake up next to your spouse this morning? Did you wake up and knowing that your kids were fed? This is the goodness of God. This is the goodness of God we need to draw from. God has been better than we ever can deserve. Because I've told you this a million times, and I'll tell you this again. I've I've done everything to deserve God's wrath because he's a just God. But that fell on Jesus Christ. And he's been better and better to me. And his goodness isn't just meant for me just to stare at it, but his goodness is meant to change me. It's meant to change me. Hey, you know what? I know your marriage is rocky, but you know you're still here. It's the goodness of God. Hey, I know you're still struggling. But you know why you're, you're up on your feet? It's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God. It is, it is a hand that is sustaining you throughout your life, a hand that you cannot see and sometimes you never acknowledge, but it's always there. It's the goodness of God. I have seen the goodness of God in my life. I've seen it firsthand. Some of us, we should be dead right now. Some of, some of you, you should be dead. Some of you, listen to this, some of you, 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 your spouse should have left you a long time ago. You have given your spouse every excuse to leave you. It's the goodness of God. Some of you, you shouldn't have that job that you have because you, you, you've lied, you've cheated, you, you've done some things. Listen, you know, but the goodness of God prevailed over your failure. Prevailed over your brokenness. 
prevailed more and more in your life? What if this was our focus? That everything that I do, not because I can get something from God, because I've gotten everything from God. That's Jesus, God. The good God. Let's pray. Dear Father, we, we pray that you would, Lord, you would just give us a great, a great reminder of just this year can be a year where we can grow and we can become better and we can become wiser. But Lord, help us to realize it's only in you that we can do all that. Lord, this, this year I pray it's a year of faith. I pray it's a year of growth. I pray it's a year of, 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 of uh, connecting to you and drawing near to you more and more. Father, I pray that you bless your people in the 2024. I pray that you bless them, Lord, with a blessing of, of nothing but favor and abundance. I pray, Lord, they see that blessing. They see that blessing. And they say to themselves, I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh, Lord, my God, I exalt thee. And it wouldn't just stir up worship, but it would stir up a way of how they live. We get to live from the goodness of God. In all my life, you have been faithful. This year, Lord, I wasn't perfect, but I couldn't have made it without you. It's been a hard year. It's been a year of ups and downs. I've been good, and I haven't been good, and, but you've always been good. Lord, we just want to say thank you. And Lord, I pray we just don't get an emotional response when we think about your goodness. I pray it drives the way we live. That we become who we become because God's goodness. Because you're here. So Lord, help us to do that more in our lives. We love you and we thank you. In Christ's perfect name, this is what we pray. Amen.